What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 49 of Who Gives a Dram. I appreciate you guys tuning in. If you are a new listener, thank you for checking out the show. If you are a returning listener, uh, thank you for your continued support. Um, if you want to support the show, um, uh, you can f- uh, uh, subscribe on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those spots. YouTube, like, subscribe, leave a comment, yada, yada, yada. Uh, podcast presented by The Grapevine Media www.thegreatvinemedia. Go check us out over there. Um, but that's going to do it for business today, you guys. I want to jump right into this podcast. I don't want to waste a second of time. I've got a, a very special guest today. This is someone that I'm excited to have on. We're going to talk a little spooky season. We're going to drink some bourbon. We're going to have a good time. I got my buddy Mike, aka the Whiskey Morgue, on the podcast up, today. What's going on, Mike? How you doing? Welcome to the show. Uh, uh, dude, I'm, I'm excited, man. Like I said, I'm just, uh, I'm doing my, my, my spooky season rounds. Uh, so when, sure when you ask me to come on here, um, we've been, we've been texting and, and, and messaging in the DMS. Um, and dude, you've been keeping me on my horror game for the last like month. <laughs> like seriously, I feel like most people are like, Oh, like, yeah, are you going to watch this? I'm like, yeah. And then you're like, dude, check this out, check this out. And I feel like dude. I'm, I'm just like co- take, constantly taking notes and I'm like, like here I am the morgue and, 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 and there's Connor just like feeding me all these recommendations. So thank you. Oh, uh, dude, no problem. I'm, I'm going to say, um, you know, me and me and, uh, Mike here have been, we've been chit chatting in, in on Instagram for, uh, probably, I don't know, a few months now, yeah. not very long, but I don't know how I didn't see your, your Instagram account, which is at whiskey morgue. Um, and I'm sure we'll say that a bunch throughout the show here. Yeah. Um, because, there are not many, there are not, I, and it's, it's a tough question for me because I feel like this t- time of year is my favorite. And I, I, I dabble between that and Christmas season because, you know, it's just, it's Christmas season, yeah. but a, a str- uh, you know, a part of the reason why this time of year might edge that out is because of, of horror, of, mm-hmm. of, of horror movies, uh, horror cinema, TV shows, um, they really resonate with me and I really, really enjoy them. I've, I've talked about, um, you know, uh, midnight mass Bly Manor Hill house on the show. Um, yeah. we've, we've gone into midnight mass, which later on, I do want to get your opinions. On. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're, we're, um, we're on that. I we've, we've, we've <laughs> talked about it in the DMS, but, um, I really, I really love horror. I just think, you know, I like being scared and, um, outside of the typical jump scares, I like to think I like to have, you know, like, like twists and turns and that are really spooky. So when I came across your account, I was like, holy shit, this guy is literally taking one of the things I love the most whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he's pairing it with horror movies. I've never seen it before. So, um, I wish we connected earlier, but I'm happy we're here now. I'm happy. Like we're, we're, we're connecting now. So, um, the first thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, what gave you the idea of, of pairing whiskey with horror movies? Um, so, I mean, it, it, again, it was like two very separate things that meant a lot to me. Um, and so like growing up, I feel like, you know, when you talk about like spooky season, your love for, for Halloween and October, I feel like, um, I mean, there's a bit of an age gap between us, but I feel like let's just say our generation, um, yep. we grew up where like, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, like they were kind of like superheroes too. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. we, you and I were talking about like, 
even we'll get into it, but like Michael Myers coming on screen and we're like, we're kind of rooting for him. Um, I think we came <laughs> yeah. from a generation where like, when I think about horror and what it meant to me, it was about like being with my cousins on a Saturday night, like getting a bag of chips, like, you know, your favorite pop. And I guess I was pairing back then. <laughs> um, and then, and then watching yeah. something together. Right. Um, so like, I feel like two were very separate. Um, and then um, I kept saying I wanted to make a bourbon account and like, to be honest, I had like zero exposure, like to the online, like Instagram bourbon world podcast. Like I was just kind of doing my thing up here in like in Canada. Um, and then finally I kept like for like a year, I was telling my wife, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to start an account one day. Like I have a fair collection. Like I can post pictures. Like, I think that's what people do. Like I can do that. And then I was like, yeah, but like I started browsing and I was like, I can't do that. Like I need an angle. And I felt like I kept overthinking what my angle was going to be in terms of like giving something unique. And I didn't want to do it if it was just posting pictures of bottles. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I think one night we were watching something and my wife was like, you know, you keep talking about, you're going to do this account. You're going to do this account. She's like, first of all, you just need to jump in and you should just do what you do. Like you watch horror movies. Like that's what we do on the weekends. It's like, I'm like, we need to watch this, this, and that. Um, she gets like emails from creepy catalog. So she's like, mm -hmm. okay, I have a list too. Now I have you in my life. So I'm like, okay, well, here's what Connor recommended as well. Um, and, you know, I would just pour a drink and, and, and watch. I mean, I wasn't necessarily overthinking it at the time. But um, yeah, so one day I was just like, okay, you know what, I'm going to do it. And a good like precursor for it was that like, she got me without even thinking of the Instagram, like um, those like mini Funko uh, countdown calendars um, yep. to Halloween. And I said, okay, like, just to kind of, you know, get my footing, I'm going to pair like open one up each day, um, get the little Funko character and then pair it with a whiskey. Um, so it kind of started with that. And then slowly I started thinking more about what I was watching on, on the screen. So if you kind of look back to like my earlier posts, I mean, they weren't as nice with like how I captured like the TV in the background. Um, but it, it kind of started from there. So I feel like it was like really on a, on a platter the whole time, like two things that I just was like doing naturally. Uh, I sat on it for way too long thinking about what my special angle was going to be. And I think it just came down to kind of me doing me and that, that, and I guess yeah. that's the most authentic, but um, like, I'm glad I did because I'm not good at like, I'm not good at faking things. And I, and I don't think I would have lasted even a year so far doing something that I don't enjoy. Right. So yeah, that's kind of how yeah. I got, got rolling. I have a few things I take from that. Um, a, your wife is totally, your was, your wife was totally right with, you just got to jump right in. That's, yeah. you know, some people ask me about starting their own podcast and starting their own something, you know, usually it's usually a podcast of like, Connor, how did, how did you start yours? And, you know, the, the one thing I always say is you, you just do it. You just start yeah. it. It's, you know, it's, it's like starting anything that is kind of like a risk, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, like, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is like stand up comedy. Uh, I've, I've heard stand up comedians in the past be like the best piece of advice I ever got was just go on stage. 100%. You know, this is kind of like as a podcaster, our stage is, is, is the, is the camera or is, yeah. is, is the microphone. Um, uh, I forgot what my th second thing was, What my third thing was, is that um, so Canadian to say pop, by the way, <laughs> that's not something we say here stateside. So if people didn't I, realize that early white... on, er, so early on, I had to throw something Canadian in there, right? Like unintentionally, if, if, if people didn't realize already that Mike, AKA whiskey morgue 
was um, Canadian. You just got it because he just said pop. And that's and that's that. <laughs> um, what part of what? Where in Canada are you? Don't don't give away your exact location, but where? No, where... I mean like I'm I'm outside um just outside of Toronto. So actually, like uh, it's funny. I grew up in a suburb outside of Toronto, and I mm-hmm. I, I said my whole life that like I don't want to be in this. Su- it's called Brampton. <clears throat> I'm like I don't want to be here. Like I want to move to the city. Um, finally, <clears throat> moved to the city, and the irony is that like got out there, um, met my wife who I knew back in like high school when we were younger we kind of reconnected she was in the city and then we're like oh shit but now we want to buy a home and like we can't afford the city so we ended up back in Brampton so we kind of like ended up back where we are but yeah it's like 40 minutes outside of uh out of Toronto there have you on in your Instagram um journey have you came across Whiskey Sith yeah yeah so he's like um I don't know exactly where he is I know he's in he's he's close by yeah, as I say, he's he's outside of Toronto as well, I believe. We um, it's just now I find I'm starting to really like um, I mean, him and I have talked a bunch of times, but it's interesting to kind of um, and I'll probably go into it more later, but like find all these little inner circles of people yeah. who've been in this for a while. I know he's been at it <clears throat> for quite a while, um, and as a kind of a newbie, he kind of like tipped his hat and was like right away, super nice guy. We chatted a bit, um, and yeah, I kind of just been finding out that there's a lot more like me where I am, which is cool too because I always thought that I was like this guy who like, you know, I, I thought of, I guess I was more unique being where I am. Um, I knew people liked bourbon. It was a thing. Um, but then when you really saw like these inner circles and networks up here, and even just down to like how I get like certain bottles, um, in my collection, um, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a whole network that kind of works together and everyone is kind of part of it. Like him and I know the same guy who, um, brings everything into Canada, like a distributor. So it's funny, like to, to survive in the bourbon game and, and get, you know, certain bottles or even get any of that is, um, it's a lot of work, but it's fun. And you get to meet all um, these people. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Because dude, our, our, our liquor stores are like, they're bleak. Like there there's, there's certain pros to being here. Like when we do get things, like if we get like Weller antique, um, it'll pop up and I can buy a bunch of them and mm-hmm. it's like 65 Canadian. Um, and it'll pop up a couple times a year. So there's like perks like that, but like selection, there's, there's not much. I can only imagine because I've, and I don't think I've done a Canadian whiskey on the podcast so far, but all the ones I've had are not good. So <laughs> yeah. I, I can only, I can only imagine. Um, yeah, no, Daryl's a good guy. And we actually, he was on the podcast. I'm not sure if you heard our episode, but yeah, yeah, he I came on the show in the, the past with the Mictors. Yep. We yeah. did Mictors bourbon and he, yeah, he's a good friend of mine as well. Um, but think is, you know, speaking about, you know, you kind of went into how you started pairing whiskey. How did you start into whiskey? What was, what was your jump into the actual whiskey game? Um, I was like, I mean, I enjoyed my drinks for a while, but being <clears throat> young and, and reckless, um, but I was, I would never drank whiskey. I think I got into, I was doing like at parties when I was younger, like rum and Cokes and stuff like that. Um, and then when I finally thought I matured a bit, I started like sipping on certain rums and it was my brother, my younger brother, actually, that um, he, I don't know how he got into it. I think like, he's one of those people where he gets into like uh, a hobby. I guess I, I follow suit at being his brother and kind of from the same cloth. Um, he, he'll just get super passionate about it. So he was the one where I remember one of my birthdays, um, he was like, he got me a bottle of Blanton's. Um, and at this time, I was just like, don't know, man, like cool, like nice looking bottle, um, the horsey on top. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then when he started telling me about it, I started like literally watching like YouTube videos. And I don't know what it was that captivated me with this, like, um, you know, not trying to be like the super hipster guy, but just like how um, like hands-on it was and how natural the whole process was. I was just enthralled with like bourbon making. Um, So then I was like, okay, let me pick something else up. So I remember I went to the LCBO, the liquor store here, and there was um, a Four Roses single barrel. um, And I picked that up again, not knowing what was what just kind of like names that I heard. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it kind of started to mature from there. And I started making trips over to um, cause I'm not far from Buffalo. Like it's like an hour and 20 minutes. There's nice. a, th- there was a liquor store I bumped into on that side and like specializes in bourbons. And that kind of opened up um, a whole other Avenue in terms of like what was yeah. out there and yeah. And then it, it just kind of snowballed from there, but it is wild because like there was my collection maybe had, like I started maybe in 2015, 2016. And for me, it was like, I would buy, and I look back at like old personal Instagram posts where I'm like, there was like a couple of these bottles that I didn't realize were so coveted, uh, you right. know, in the Instagram world, but I'm just like, Hey, have friends over, got this bottle. My brother gave me, it has a horsey on top. Let's drink it tonight and, yeah. and finish it. Right. And there wasn't, I guess that like knowledge or appreciation. And then as I started building a collection, um, you know, I started kind of really trying to do my homework, try different things. And it kind of just evolved from there. Um, but I will say that since quarantine and the whole start of COVID, like my, my collection is just like quadrupled. <laughs> oh yeah. So is mine, dude. It's been bad. Like I, for example, I was out. Um, I usually go out once a week and I look, I just like to look, I, I go into so many liquor stores and I don't buy anything. They probably think I'm stealing something every <laughs> single time, Yeah. but I keep going back. So hopefully they, they're starting to know um, that I'm not stealing anything, but I went to a liquor store around here um, last week, no intention of buying anything. And I had picked up a Colonel E.H. Taylor from this place once. So mm-hmm. I go up to, there's a young kid working the counter. I'm like, Hey bud, do you got, is this all you got for bourbon? Um, he's like, uh, we got some stuff, you know, on the back shelf here. And there's like a dickle bottle and bond and a whistle pig, yeah. something. And he's like, oh, I actually think we have something in the back. So I'm like, all right, what is it? And he, and he comes back out. He's like, Oh, we got a, uh, we got some Weller. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, I, I, I like Weller. What, what kind is it? What colors? And he goes, it's the green and the red. So I'm like, all right, I'm thinking to myself, I've got both of them. How much you want for them? And he's like, um, I think he said 38 for the green and 50 for the red or something like that. And I was like, I can't pass up those prices. Yeah. yeah. I can't. So, uh, so I bought both of them and ended up spending like a hundred bucks after tax. Yeah. Um, and it just turned like that has happened so many times throughout you know, quarantining and, you know, lockdowns and, and just being, you know, not being able to like go out to eat back last year and things like that. You just buy, yeah. you buy whiskey and all of a sudden, you know, five bottles turned into 55 bottles. And it's like, geez, I, uh, I, I, I didn't I, even know I had, where's all this, how do I get this money? How is it, where is this coming from? <laughs> I'm still figuring it out too. <laughs> um, I thought for a while, like, so I say midway through, I thought like I'd slow down because there's only so much that like, like, cause the liquor store here is like, um, it's like government run. Right. So, yep. um, at one point I was like, look, uh, unless like a lottery comes up, which is weird. There's weird things in our lotteries, like 1792 bottled and bond and single barrel are like lottery items. Okay. So yeah. <clears throat> like, like I said, like sparse in terms of like selection. So at one point I was like, look, like, I think my, my wife might've been happy. Cause I'm like, I'm good. I have like everything I need unless something pops up. Like there's not much more I'm going to add to the collection. 
Right. Then through like a friend, I meet um, uh, Gene. Like, I don't know if you know Northern Bourbon on here. <clears throat> I think um, so. Yeah, pretty sure. So like, like, like Daryl knows him. So he's like kind of like, he's like the man in Canada. Okay. Like, because like he basically took it upon himself, joined like um, this company Evergreen and became the main like distributor for getting stuff into like Alberta. Alberta's open on like Ontario here. So um, he started going, he like, he knew all the craft distilleries. He was in Kentucky a whole bunch of times a year, mm. <clears throat> started getting this stuff into Canada. So that's how like I got this whole other avenue of like trying stuff that like most, the average person where I am wouldn't be able to get um, mm. kind of having that outlet with, with him evergreen and, and bringing stuff into Alberta. Um, whenever things come up, it's um, I have the opportunity to get it and it's sweet because like, there's, like I said, I have like all that Penelope stuff that wasn't here. Um, Starlight, a whole bunch of uh, new riff. None of that was here. Right. So it's nice right. that they have access to it now, not so much for my pocket, but hey, <laughs> literally you know. every, every time he's like, Hey, this is coming in. I'm like, shit, like, here we go again. It's been there two weeks since I said I was going to calm down. That's, um, you know, uh, <laughs> that's funny because, um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, ah, I just had a mind blank. I've, I've, I had, a, I had something I was like, I was, I was like, connecting the dots with the story I had in my, in my head, but I just lost it on the, on the snap of finger. It'll come back to me at some point. So I'm not worried about it, but we're talking about, we're talking about whiskey. Now let's talk about the whiskey that you and I are going to review today. And uh, we're doing Stellum. Yep. Hold it up there. There you go. Stellum bourbon. Um, a 114.98 proof or 57.49% cask strength uh, blended bourbon. Kind of a weird proof point. 0. 0.98. <laughs> yeah. They're getting they're getting <laughs> to the into the uh, minute details there. Yeah. Um, it's a blend of straight bourbon. So. From the little bit of research I did, um, it's a blend of well, out, well, first it's produced by Barrel Craft uh, Distilleries, which produces barrel bourbon. Um, but as opposed to barrel bourbon, which um, is a unique expression each batch, mm -hmm. the um, the goal of Stellum is to provide a consistent basis of a cask strength whiskey at all times. So they're blending Kentucky, Indiana, and Tennessee bourbon aged anywhere between four to 16 years. And all three of them are different mash bills. From what I heard, two of them are higher rise and one of them is almost exclusively corn. Um, I would assume that the Tennessee is probably ex almost exclusively corn. Um, but it's got an MSRP here of around 55 bucks. Yeah. What, what did you pay for yours? Um, so funny enough, like I got it from, um, my, my brother-in-law, he was in Cali. He lives in Cali. He was just moving up here. Um, okay. and he was like, look, um, he'll, he'll go to like BevMo, um, and just kind of like shoot me off pictures of what's there because he knows that like, I need to get, uh, I want to get some of this stuff that's not in Canada. Um, so we shot it off. It was 55. I think same, I think same thing at, uh, at BevMo. I had just kind of taken a shot and said, I think I heard about Stellum or I saw it posted and was like, pick that up. So. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously this is my brother picked this up. I didn't, if you don't know my, my brother, so I have a younger brother, Kale, he's actually been on the podcast and, yeah. um, he is like a year and a half younger than me. So basically the same age and I got him into whiskey heavy. So he, he might have more bottles than me. Now we might have a hundred bottles between the two of us and 
he picked this up a few weeks ago for 45 bucks, I think. So a few oh. dollars underneath MSRP. Yeah. Already had a little bit of a dent out of it. I had some last night, admittedly, because I knew we were going to record today and yeah. I wanted to kind of like, you know, test my palate. But I'm not going to lie. I don't remember anything I tasted. So I'm excited to get some here. We'll open it up there. I'm going to pour some in. You feel free to do the same. It is cast strength. So well, I poured a lot in there. So I guess, yeah, I guess my, that's how the night's going to go. My, my pours tend to be quite heavy. Um, so, you know, it's one of those where you say you're going to have like two or three in a night and then, but those are two or three really heavy pours, right? So yeah, they're, they're two or three full glasses. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, this is an interesting concept. I had no idea when I was researching this, that this was a, uh, a barrel brand. And I think yeah. it's cool how, you know, this was released last year in the United States. I think it's cool that, you know, barrel is going, they want to release a rather than a unique expression each year, they want to have a unique expression cask strength, you know, available at all times. So yeah. at 55 bucks, um, this is, this is right in the middle of a lot of good whiskeys, like mm -hmm. several very, very good, especially barrel proof whiskeys. You're looking at, you know, right around the, the MSRP price of um, it's a little bit below Elijah Craig barrel proof, but you got some really nice whiskeys in that area. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out in terms of, you know, what people think of it um, as a cast strength and one that's kind of widely available right now. Um, obviously probably yeah. not where, where you are, but here in the States, I think it's available in at least 48 different territories and some, you know, most States have multiple territories. So a territory doesn't yeah. necessarily equal a state like California has, you know, Los Angeles and San Francisco and San Diego, they have a lot of territories. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's pretty widely available here. And, uh, I think it's cool how there's this, you know, um, a blended cast strength whiskey, a bourbon whiskey on the market. That's going to be pretty readily available. Cause I love cast strength. I mean, this pr uh, proof point, usually like a hundred to 120 is my ballpark. That's what I love. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I mean, I haven't tried any of um like the barrel stuff. Um, Neither have I don't I. know if you have, but it was one of those where like, again, if like my brother-in-law sent me a picture and said like, here's what's available. Um, to pull the trigger at the price point, I was just like, I'm simply going off of maybe a few accounts that I saw say one of the expressions is good. So when this came out, um, I was like, okay, let me, let me see what this is about. And like I said, the, the proof was there. Um, I think like, again, being in that ballpark in terms of what they're offering the price, um, I, to be honest, I was a sucker even just for the design. Like, I think yeah. I talked about the whole design in my post when I did sell them a few weeks back. Um, but I'm like, it's just clean. I kind of like, it seems like a no bullshit, like, here it is something standard. We want to offer this. We hope it's pretty good. The, the proof is good. The price is good. Uh, let's make this a regular offering. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I like the bottle. It kind of looks like a wine bottle to me. Um, yeah. Simple, sleek. They do say uh, right on the website, it's a new national brand created to celebrate the modern day whiskey drinker. So I'm assuming this is more of a sleeker minimalist, you know, that's kind of the vibe they're going for a, a minimalist type of type of uh, feel to it. And they definitely, um, they definitely get that in there because it is very, um, sleek to, for lack of a better term. And they do use something and I didn't know this, maybe you did, but they use something called a daisy chain blending technique. Did you know this? Um, I read into it, but 
I, I, I get it. I guess it's more just to keep the consistency. It's like, um, I get was, I mean, they preserve a little bit of the last essentially. Last yeah. From what I saw it, it's, it's a large portion of is blended. And then they top it off with the same recipe and it, and they adjust it only with other cast strengths so that it's, it's maintaining proof, but also taste. So it's basically kind of like, yeah, it's, it's basically taking a little bit from, from the last batch essentially. And I think they and, were saying too, that there's like a really old, there's a little bit of a really old, um, whiskey in here. Like I think, I they think said for, yeah, like a 16 or, year. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere around there. Probably. Yeah. Because I know it's it's aged it, the the whiskeys that are in here are aged anywhere from four years up to sixteen. So yeah, yeah so I, I don't know which one of those would be. Again, I'd probably I, I'm assuming the Indiana is probably MGP um, uh, whiskey. Yeah, um, I would assume probably maybe the Tennessee could be an old the older one could be like maybe. Um, I know George Dickel is, I've heard people assume that this, that this Tennessee whiskey that's blended in here is George Dickel. Um, I haven't had Dickel, but like, I feel like some people really like, um, when I, when I hear about anything that perhaps has like Dickel in it, people seem to really attack like that, that note. They're like, Oh, I can, I can taste some Dickel in here. And I'm like, I I can't relate. Right. I don't know. (laughs) You get some of that Dick in here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but i'm like but, uh, but then but then you know i also see like i mean from the outside i see some people post certain like um like dickel offerings that they're like no though this one's really good but then a lot of times with the blending stuff they're like oh shit man i really could taste that dickel in there and i'm like mm-hmm. but, so i mean i wouldn't know in this but i mean if if, if the dick's adding anything to this I, I don't mind from at least from what i can remember last time i had it <laughs> it got a that's got to be a t-shirt i we got to team up on a t-shirt or something <laughs> like that dude let's taste the dick or something or something like that. that that's, that's a missed opportunity right there. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get on that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the only dickle I've had is the 13 year bottle of bond and I wasn't the biggest fan. So we'll see. I mean, on the nose, I'm not really getting a whole lot. I don't know what you're getting, but I'm getting like kind of a basic, a basic bourbon caramel and vanilla and maybe a, a tad bit of spice, but it's yeah. It's not smelling like a 116 proofer to me, but no. And, and that's, <clears throat> that's exactly, I feel the same way. It's like, um, and I guess maybe from what I do remember, I remember just saying that it was just like, like you're like as standard of a bourbon as you get, um, in terms, in terms of it. So like the nose is definitely just vanilla caramel. Like I said, I, I mean, even like, I don't get really get too much, too much spice off it. I remember if yeah. I recall pro- properly, I remember, and we'll taste it later. The, um, the palate being quite spicy, like with a lot of cinnamon, but mm. I don't really get it on the nose right now. I'm getting almost like a perfumey scent to it as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. The spice. Like fruity- yeah. Like a, like a, like a floral fruity, like a light fruit, not really apples or maybe apples or oranges or something like that. But it's, it's what's surprising is that this is very, it's very tuned down from what you, you know, when I think of 116 proof, I'm thinking of like a, like a wild Turkey rare breed and how, yeah. you know, rot is spice forward. That is, yeah, you almost get hit with nose. the ethanol at first, but then, yeah. then there's like a whole bunch of depth there. Right. And, but I do enjoy it. I, you know, I, I, I like the typical bourbon notes. That's, that's what I look for. The, the vanillas kind of the butteriness, um, light fruits, 
you know, sweetness, you know, sugary, you know, brown sugar, stuff like that. I usually go for, there's also for, for some, uh, older whiskeys in here, there's not a lot of Oak present on the nose as well. It's, it's kind of an uncomplicated nose, if you ask me. And that's, that's kind of strange to me because it really does kind of remind me of some of the, the younger MGP stuff I've had. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's like that you wouldn't, guess that this is blended with so many different whiskeys it's it's just very kind of standard in its nose but it's not bad though i like the smell of it yeah and and you know what like again again maybe different market but um looking at what's available um it seems like you know especially the last few years with all like you know the 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 whiskey hype and the bourbon um anything cask strength it's like you're pulling out of pocket um quite a bit of money right so i feel like Mm -hmm. If that, that's why I feel like I, this, you know, um, the, it appealed to me a little bit more because it seemed like, okay, cool. You're putting out something accessible. Um, it's not meant to be, um, you know, hard to get. And we're going to offer you this like standard, like cast strength, full flavor profile. I'm like, right. okay, like I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, but yeah, off the nose, like right now, kind of going back into, it. I feel like this one's been one I open up every time. Um, I've already had a few. And then, so like you said, like I've had like, maybe close to a quarter of the bottle now. Um, but like, I feel like this is still like my first time really picking it apart. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be my first time as well. So I'm thinking let's, um, let's definitely, we'll, we'll, we'll take some sips, but we'll save our, our tasting notes for a little bit later. Cause we need Please. to talk about the, you know, I like to say the, you know, I think, you know, the whiskey's the main event. It's always the main event on who gives a dram. But as I said, uh, either an episode or two ago, I, there's other things I like to talk about too. And I kind of want to start branching out more into things, other things about whiskey, uh, other things other than whiskey that, that I like um, here on the show. And as you know, we, we both already went over. I love cinema. I love movies. I love horror movies in particular. And a, and a pretty significant horror movie was released this weekend, huh? A pretty big one. Yeah, 50 yeah. million at the at the opening weekend box office here. I think 50 million domestic. I think it's just maybe United States. Yeah. Um, Halloween Kills came out this past weekend, and um, we both have some thoughts on it, don't we? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like that we haven't really like we exchanged maybe three or four messages, kind of touching on a few things. But I'm almost glad that we're jumping into this and like. I don't really know where, where you're going to go with this. And yeah, <laughs> well, I, I have a feeling we're probably going to be at the same mind. So, you know, obviously from here, you know, there, we are going to be talking about spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to get spoiled, don't listen. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the advice I got because I want to talk spoilers. Um, but I don't think there are, there's, there are spoilers there at the end, but you know, I went into this movie obviously knowing that there was a third movie coming out next mm-hmm. year. So I knew that Michael Myers was not going to die. There was no way. And that almost, you know, I, I that was almost stamped in when at the end you think you see him die. And yeah. then one of the things I have written down here is when, when all, <laughs> you know, you have Michael Myers lying there motionless and everyone's like, yeah, let's go. We did it and walk the hell away. Yeah. When this guy just killed freaking how many people, 20 people that night, including children. Like 
so so Dude, I, 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 don't knew know, when they... I don't know if it's real but eric sent me a picture um like i guess it was like a wider shot of the the mob when when they when they took him down and there was a woman holding an iron i don't know if that was like i, I need to dive into this a little bit more but if that was real like that that's amazing because like like literally you see everyone like um tommy lee uh, sorry what's his name there uh tommy doyle there was with the, mm-hmm. the baseball bat and then you have a woman yeah. just in the corner with an iron in her hand and i'm like wouldn't surprise me the fight wouldn't surprise no me. one no wonder he killed you all yeah exactly and obviously that's that's a a pretty big spoiler right there but um one of the main the the main criticism and i will start before i say this criticism i will say that I really enjoyed this movie. I was thoroughly entertained throughout the entire, the entire film. Um, I thought there was some very good performances by Jamie Lee Curtis always blows me out of the water. She's fantastic. She was born to play this. um, She, she, she anchors it. And I did not know, I figured out today that her mom was the girl in psycho. Yeah, yeah, and then she went to the premiere as uh, as her mother there, dressed up as a uh, as her mom in Psycho. I I never knew that literally until today. How funny is that? We're recording this podcast. I did not know that till today. So that I thought that was really cool and kind of just like, oh, of course, because I really yeah. do think Jamie Lee Curtis nails Laurie Strode every single time from every Halloween movie and not just the ones in this continuity, but yeah. even all, you know, Halloween two and H two O and all yeah. those, I think she kills it. Um, so she did great. And I, you know, I do think that her daughter and the granddaughter do a good job in, in this movie and in the past movie do, I thought they, yeah. I think they bring a, a fresh set of, you know, strode family emotions to yeah. the film. And I appreciate that because, you know, in the past, it's always Laurie Strode. She's really the only one and Michael's coming after her. And now there's there's more there's more lineage in the bloodline. There's more kin. Um, And uh, obviously, you know, whoever is whoever is doing Michael Myers, he knows what he's doing, because. I don't know, there's just something about the way the guy moves, the way he's walking, like there's a scene where he's walking, you know, faster at the end. Um mm-hmm. He's chasing, and I don't remember uh, Lori's daughter's name. Um, Allison, I think. Uh, no, sorry, uh, Karen. Karen. Is it and Karen? The granddaughter's Allison. Yeah. Uh, yep, the granddaughter's at Allison. So we'll say Karen when he's walking after her at the end. Just the way he's walking, it's like, oh, it's almost sends shivers, or you know, like gives me gooseies. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it. It, it makes me feel weird. And that was, that was um, the first thing that I noted. I said that like he. Like um, his name's like James Jude Courtney. He was just like spot on, and and you don't realize until you watch all the other Halloweens the the importance of like the movement, like this almost yeah. like mechanical yet swift sometimes movement. It's hard to explain, but like when you see it on screen, you know it feels right, and that's the best way to explain it is that um, all those scenes when you see him when you see him like just walking, it's like that that's Michael. You know what I mean? From from the original to now, um, there's that there's that consistency, right? Um, right. The, like other movies have tried it and they try to throw in the head tilt just to say that that's, you know, iconic Michael, but it, a lot of times it didn't translate the same way. And I feel like, like when I was thinking about like, you know, what, what am I going to say about him and, and Michael Myers? And I was just like, dude, it was spot on. Like, yeah, that I had like no comments on it besides it was just like damn good. Right. It was, it was damn good. You can tell it's so much different. 
you, you know, and it's so much different than the earlier movies because there was a Halloween marathon on um, AMC yeah. leading up to, you know, when we decided to go on to, you know, here it's on Peacock Plus, which, you know, one of the 100,000 streaming. That, that's how I watched it here. Like, uh, I just ended up getting a VPN because having the kid and everything, I couldn't leave the house. So I was like, I need to watch it. So I just got like, mm-hmm. a VPN, signed up for Peacock and, and watched it at home. Then that way I got to watch it like the Saturday night as well, too, which was nice. Yeah, yeah, that's that's essentially what we did um, on Friday night, and um, you know, I when you're watching the older movies, they're they're classics. They're right up there with like uh, The Exorcist and The Shining and Salem's Lot. A lot of these movies that are just staples, I think. And I think there's a they're they're a step above Friday the Thirteenth and you know Freddy Krueger and all these other scream all these other movies that are you know classics but i just think there's something about michael myers that is is just a little bit above all of them um i don't know if it's the if it's the mask is the most iconic or maybe it's the music i think the i think music in this film plays a huge role um but when you watch older the older movies and besides the quality and everything the movement in Michael Myers is what is the most, the most different. I compare it to you watch Darth Vader in, um, you know, Empire and um, Return uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, and then you see him in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And you know what scene I'm talking about when he, he enters the ship towards the end when he's yeah. going to, to try to capture the message from from Leia. And you and you see that movement, and I'm assuming it's going to be the same in the upcoming Obi Wan uh, Kenobi series on Disney Plus. Yeah, that Darth Vader is is you know physically so much more intimidating than the old school Vader, mm-hmm. um, and that and and Michael Myers exactly the same. Michael Myers back in the day, big guy, but they can't capture on film those little movements in a, in an action scene like they can now, now they can show, and this is something that I, that I wrote down. They can show every single kill in extreme, almost grotesque detail, grotesque detail. When Michael Myers grabs a fluorescent light from the (laughs) ceiling, breaks it over and shoves it into a poor innocent woman's throat, right, right through the uvula. My my throat started to itch in real life and you see it in the way he's moving when the husband is hunched over the table and he's just taking knives, stabbing him the way he's doing it and the way he's just looking at him after. There's something so menacing about Michael Myers in this particular movie. At first, I thought, um, to be honest, the only thing that at first I thought was like maybe uncharacteristic of Michael was like him putting all those knives in the guy. Right. So part of me was like, that's maybe my only thing. But then when I think about it, he does have, if you look back to the older movies, even like the kitchen scene, the whole neck tilt came from this admiration of his kill. Right. So yeah. like, I feel like there has always been that sadistic, like he even sets bodies up on the bed and, and number one with the, with the tombstone. Yep. And um, I guess they, they kind of show that even with the the couple um, yeah. who are living in the Myers house, uh, good old steward there from Matt TV. Um, that's but, who it was. I, I thought 
Oh, oh my God. I'm so glad you brought that up. I could not figure out who the hell that was. It's like, this guy looks so familiar. I hope Kale's my brother is listening to this podcast because yeah. we could not figure out who that was. And I thought it was it hard was, to unsee it. I'm almost glad you didn't. Cause once I saw it, it was like, it was Stuart, oh right? My, it is that Stuart and, yeah. um, shit. Uh, I, I thought it was, it looked like the guy who played, um, the albino in Logan. Uh, okay, the Wolverine I movie. I don't know the guy's name, but it looked like that guy. I was like, cause yeah. I, I've only seen that actor in that movie, obviously with no hair. I was like, that's the guy from Logan just yeah. with hair. Yeah. But now, now that is Stuart, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a callback fucking mad TV, right? Yeah. 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 But Matt, they, uh, yeah. My whole thing is like, I, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm like, that is very much Michael, right? Like he is like, has this fascination with like kind of putting, his work on display. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, although my, my, my wife was like, I don't remember him murdering the elderly, like, like, and mm. I'm like very ruthless, just off the bat, like woman there was there just trying to play with her drone <laughs> and he's not having any yeah. of it. So he crushed but, that drone and crushed her throat yeah, with a yeah. fluorescent light. That's, that is brutal. Um, and I think, you know, this is, this is one thing that I, I believe I messaged this to you and I, it's very true. I found myself rooting for Michael Myers almost the entire movie, mm -hmm. um, which I think is kind of expected in a way, you know, being that Michael Myers is Michael Myers mm -hmm. and he's kind of what people are watching this movie for him and Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, yeah. But towards, especially towards the end of the movie, I'm rooting for Michael Myers. I'm saying, please, ki please kill these innocent people, Michael Myers. <laughs> Just do it for me. Because Dude, when, he, when he puts the mask back on, it's like, it's like, oh, fuck, you want to go now? You want to like, yeah. he's putting that mask back on. And like, and again, you see like in my head, it's like the same thing. You see all these people crowded around and it's like, I think what the way it's designed is that, and you and I have kind of like um, alluded to this, that unless it's Jamie Lee Curtis, unless it's Laurie Strode, mm -hmm. no one has any business dealing with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think like without getting too far ahead, um, that's one thing I kept in mind when watching this movie, that this is a yeah. story arc of three movies. Right. And um, although some people had, because um, uh, a lot of people were hating on the movie online and whatnot, but I'm like, you have to remember that we're creating this story arc certain things need to happen to kind of get us to where we want to be um, at the end. But I feel like, like you said, you're like, if, if anyone, but Lori were to kill him, it just wouldn't feel right. So, and you, and you knew he wasn't going to die anyway. You knew yeah. he wasn't going to die this movie. I mean, yeah. there's a, there's a whole nother movie, which called ends <laughs> called Halloween. Exactly. Yeah. Called Halloween ends. So, you know, that this movie is going to be straight filler. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. It's, it's like the, you know, like uh, Lord of the Rings, the two towers, it's just straight filler and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. I mean, yeah. filler movies are sometimes the best movies. Yeah. Those middle movies in the, in trilogies, a lot of the times are the best people argue. Um, uh, Godfather two is the best of the three. Not to say that's, yeah. that's not a, it's different than this, but no, I'm not comparing Halloween to Godfather, but in the yeah. fact of trilogies, a lot of the time, the second movie is the best. Now, I don't think that this movie was 
as good as the f- 2018. That might be because 2018 was so, f- so new at the time. Yeah. And it was seeing Michael Myers essentially in like 4k HD really moving well and killing dudes. Yeah. And they did, they did um, a great job. Like, yeah. Bringing back the story and kind of bringing it back to life. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, you know, like you said, they, they really set it up really well in the, in, in the first one. Um, and what we got here is essentially like, yeah, this like entertaining filler where it's like, okay, the first one was great, but it was very limited in the sense of like how getting to see like Michael do his thing. And it's like, okay. So, th- so then, you know, number one, people are like, yeah, you know, it was good, but you know, want a little bit more of, of Michael doing this and that. And then they, they handed to you a number two, where I think they said the body count was like 32 in total. Um, and then, you know, but then it's like, everyone wants it all right. Then they're like, well, love, like love the ruthless kills, but they didn't do enough with the story in this one. So I feel like, you know, again, three, three movies, you have to make some sacrifices, but people love becoming critics, especially with like Halloween. Right. So it's funny. It's one of those things where it's like, people are like the biggest fans, but then it comes out and they're like the most critical. Um, yeah. Yeah. I saw one person go off about speaking of like Michael Myers, how he said he was spot on. They're like, he was never that fast. His, his pacing was off. And I'm like, if you watch number one, like the night, like 1978, when he comes out in the kitchen and attacks buddy, man, dude's like a cheetah. Like he's like, you know, he creeps, (laughs) he he creeps. And then it's like, boom, jumps and, 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 and he gets you right. Whereas like like, Jaguar. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like, they were like, Oh, I don't remember him jogging. And I'm like, if you look at like the park scene and stuff, he was he's still doing his brisk walk. Like that, I felt like the movement was all there, but again, my the whole point is that people are picking up on like minuscule things that they're trying to like create an argument for and say, yeah, you know, like Michael's movements were off and he was too fast paced and Michael Myers doesn't do that. And I'm like, kind of go back, remind yourself, go watch like the, the first one. And it's like, no, like it, it, it's there. He, he does. Right. But I think people are just looking for arguments a lot of the time. So, yeah, no, those people can eat a dick, honestly. Um, you know, they remind me a lot of the people who critiqued Step Brothers for not having proper character development. Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, dude, jump off a building, honestly, because yeah, yeah. you're watching Step Brothers because it's Will Ferrell and John C. Riley acting like, morons and you're laughing your ass off for an hour and a half you're watching halloween you're watching halloween to see michael myers kill some people Mm -hmm. there's not going to be a huge story arc there's not going to be a plus acting there's not going to be these incredible minute you know subplots and things coming together you know like i say with this podcast what you see is what you get right that is exactly what Halloween is. What you see is what you get. You know what's going to happen. So yeah. if you go in expecting some, you know, some, you know, um, there will be blood bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like some just yeah. old, like incredible story with this, this incredible acting and incredible storyboard. Yeah. It's not what you're going to get. I'm not, and I'm not saying that as a bad thing to Halloween. Yeah. Because I love movies like that. I love movies where you know exactly what you're going to get and they do it exactly how they should. And that's yeah. what I think this movie was. There were definitely some cringy, you know, like the hospital scene with with the um, 
when they thought Michael Myers was in the building, but it was actually mm-hmm. the other escaped inmate. Now that got me a little sad on, you know, honestly, when he jumped off the building, but mm-hmm. that was really drawn out. It's like, ah, oh, God, can we just get through this already? Yeah, but was- it had its moments. That was my only, like, I think that was the only thing that like left me unsettled <clears throat> after my first watch. Um, it was kind of like, maybe it was that it was a little bit drawn out or there was parts that seemed a little cheesy. Um, but I, I guess like, that was one of the things where I said it kind of grew on me on the second time around where I was like, okay, it's probably the one thing that I least liked in the movie, but yeah. in terms of it being necessary, like I get, they're trying to show like the impact on Haddonfield as a whole. That's what the whole message is, is that like, everyone's affected bodies are coming in but you almost need it to be you almost need that scene because guess what everyone's preoccupied at the hospital and 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 you know rallying around finding him and and that he's going to show up at the hospital you know while while he's out on on the loose doing his thing right so um i kind of said i i loved like the when they were splitting up and like the like the park scene there um oh god i i'm glad you brought it up (laughs) yeah I, I love like those isolated moments because I love like, again, like when you talk about like what is definitive of Michael Myers, it's that cat and mouse game, right? Where um, he just kind of has you there and he's kind of toying with you. Um, they kind of did like some of the the nods to number one with like breaking the window yeah. and whatnot. But <clears throat> even just like the way that whole thing played out, I was like, I said my one like request might've been a few more like um, one-on-ones with like smaller groups like vi- of the vigilante groups. Um, but he would have, if that was the case, if that was the case, then there would have been no, there would have been no competition there at all. All right. Sorry about that. People not sure what just happened. I, we had a little technical difficulty here on this glorious zoom podcast, of course, but, um, basically, you know, maybe, um, that was the whiskey God saying, listen, this is a whiskey podcast. We need to get a little bit more into the whiskey. I could talk about horror movies all day. I could talk about this movie all day, but let's, let's get into a, uh, a quick, let's, let's rate the movie. I want to know what your opinion was on the movie and then we'll taste the whiskey. We'll get some tasting notes and we'll give a, ta- we'll give a rating on the whiskey. Sweet, so sweet. let's, let's start with, um, with Halloween. I'll let you go first. You know what? I'm going to give it, um, a strong, a strong, like, eight eight and a half um and that's me being like really fair and critical but just saying like it was it was what it was it was entertaining it was ruthless um you know you watched it to watch michael just kill do his thing i mean the title um it was almost shakespearean he told you what he was going to do in the beginning it's halloween kills this is what it's about um and i feel like people set their bars way too high um like you said and, and again i feel like lost sight of this bigger picture with where we're going towards the end. Um, right. So yeah, I say like, let's just go with a strong, like eight and a half. Okay. Okay. I, I see where you're coming from. However, I'm not going to be as giving. I'm going to go a full point less. I'm going to go 7.5. Okay. Um, I think when you're getting into the eight, you know, I think it's, you're getting into movies that you know, are going to more or less kind of stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's especially if you get into the nines, obviously that's, that's, you know, one, you know, some of the best horror movies ever, but um, I just don't think this movie is going to be a Halloween movie that we remember. 
I think we're going to remember the first and third more than the second, which is to be, which is to be um, expected, you know, with the second movie. But I don't want that to be taken as a, this is a bad movie. And for what, for what this movie is getting on Rotten Tomatoes does not deserve this. I mean, this is a solid movie and Honestly, it has some of the best Michael Myers kills that we've seen. It has some of the best Michael Myers action that we've seen. Mm. Um, I wish that the townspeople were a little smarter. They yeah. were just typical dumb as rocks townspeople. I mean, mm. that car, that park scene when they just send one person out there to tell the kid, like, dude, yeah. like, are you serious? Um, yeah. And in and, and this film, any bullet you could have wasted was wasted. The, like the whole oh film. My God. Shots were just exactly. all over the place. All, I, was, I actually wrote down here, Officer Hawkins has a worse shot than a stormtrooper. <laughs> like, how do you shoot your guy through the neck? How does, dude, how, like, dude, he snipered his buddy in the neck, but couldn't, like, shoot him walking down a hallway um, with four attacks, yeah. you know? He shot him directly through the neck, like, dead shot. Like, it was, it was actually impressive how he killed his innocent cop friend. Yeah. Um, I will say the two standout parts of the movie for me were um, – when, when he put back on the mask, was like, all right, let's do this. And then yeah. after the town thinks he kills him, they kill him when he gets back up and kills everybody and then goes. And at the end, he kills he kills uh, Laurie Strode's daughter yeah. in his old room or his old sister's room. And the movie ends with him looking out his the window, which mm-hmm. I thought was perfect. Perfect way to end the movie. Um, I actually think the movie ends with Laurie Strode walking down the hospital um, yeah. hallway. But my favorite scene in the movie was when he's walking out of the burnt house and he's just carrying whatever the hell he's carrying. And yeah. there's just fire. He's not on fire. His mask is burned up, which brings me to a, 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 a prediction I have. And I don't know how I don't know if these are based on any types of old comics of any sort or if there's any yeah. um, canon with any other types of text to me it seems like michael myers definitely isn't like human Mm -hmm. i think i think what they might be trying to do and i could be very wrong but i think they're trying to make him almost like an incarnate of like 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 a like a demon and i think why why i think that is because he's he you know, is walking out of a burnt house and he's not on fire. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, with any anything that is coming from hell, they're not going to catch on fire. Yeah. So I don't know if that's really the route they're going down. I wouldn't be mad if that's kind of it ends up being Michael Myers is kind of kind of like a like an actual boogeyman, like a yeah. like a supernatural entity in a way. Um, They've always done a good that, job at leaving that ambiguous, um, and it's yes. kind of like I guess it, I guess that like balance between the fear of almost him being like um, like an ordinary man, but like he's not, you know what I mean? And like, I remember hearing an interview with one of the producers and he was like asked that question. And, and again, who knows like if it's because there's other stuff that they're, they're going to do with it. Um, yeah. But it was, um, I don't know if it was Ryan Turk or whatever, but he was saying that like, like, yeah, we want you to think he's ordinary, but he's clearly not ordinary if he can take such a beating and, you know, withstand all that punishment and continue marching on. Right. So they really do blur the line between him being like, again, like this, like human, but then there's like these like superhuman qualities or maybe demonic qualities 
um, to him. But again, he's the boogeyman, right? And like whatever that yeah. means. But whatever, my, they've my already got is, my money for Halloween three. Not to yeah. interrupt you, they they've already got my money for Halloween three. So go on, go on with your. Um, no, I was gonna say my favorites. My favorite scene and um, was probably when um, when they came back to the house. But he had, um, so was it the granddaughter. Um, and buddy there who lasted one minute in the house, uh, was it, uh, yeah, <laughs> he was, he was the, um, uh, what's his name? He was the, uh, shit. He was the guy from Hill house. Yeah. Yeah. He was the, he was the caretaker from Hill house. I don't know if you caught that, but my call, I, my actually, actually I'll give a shout out where shout out do is do my mom got that first try <laughs> as soon. Hey, that's, that's the guy that's from cool. Hill house. God damn it, mom, you're right. Um, but yeah, when, when they when they got there at the house, like I was like, because when, when the couple had moved in there and they showed the Myers house, it was like, yeah, renovated and whatnot. But I feel like when they returned back to the house, I'm like, your boy's home. He turned off the lights. We're back to like that. I, and I was saying like, I love the lighting in that scene where it's like that blue lighting coming in. It brings me back to like the original. Um, so yeah. to me, it was kind of like, like the boogeyman's home. He's in his element. Um, it's the house as we remember, it's in the dark. It's just blue lighting. The mask looks the best. Like when he's standing at the top of the staircase and the light from like the, um, the, uh, uh, stained glass window is just kind of like allowing some light to come in and hit the mask. I'm like, that's just like, that's the shit right there. Yeah. Yeah. So you got 8.5 from the whiskey morgue, 7.5 from who gives a dram. What do you, have you, I haven't even seen you taste the whiskey. Have you tasted the whiskey yet? I I, I did take a little sip, but it was more because I was parched than anything. (laughs) So I've I've been taking a lot of little sips. And um, (laughs) I will tell you this, that it is um, definitely a lot more complex on the palate. Um, It does not drink like a 116% cast strength whiskey. I'm getting a lot of, of more prominent spice and oak notes, mm-hmm. but again, the overarching um, note to this to me is, is vanilla mm-hmm. is a little bit of cinnamon. Um, uh, not really a rye spice, but more of a, a baking spice, maybe even an all spice slash mm-hmm. cinnamon. Um, that fruit is still there. This is actually a very nice palette. Um, yeah. I, get a of, I don't I get a hate bit more this. rye on the finish. Not really like, like mid palate, a little bit towards the end, but. I agree with that. It sits heavy. I, I think, um, as you know, for as light as it is, you know, on the palate, on the finish, it does, it does sit a bit heavier. Um, but I like it. It lingers more of that rye space. Yeah. It lingers a bit. Um, my only problem is that for this, like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to pay 55 bucks for this. And that's kind of what I'm dabbling with right now in my head is, is this mm-hmm. something that I want to pick up more than, than rare breed? Is this something that I want to pick up more than like, a let's say like a night, an old forester, 1920, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, or 1910, they're hanging, they're hanging right around the same price Yeah, and hanging right around the same, you know, uh, uh, proof point, at least with 1920. So I'm still trying to decide that, but, um, what, what are you gonna, what are you gonna say for a score? I'm jumping back in for a second. Um, yeah, yeah. I think like the, the, you know what, like 
the 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 uh, the counter mark the staple is always rare breed, right? So it's tough because, like, do I like this? <clears throat> yeah, it's good. Um, but like you said, like, does it trump? If you're going in to spend specifically that amount of money, does it trump like the rare breed? And not to be cliche, but like I've done multiple blind tastings, um, and every single time it's like rare breed pops out on top. You know what I mean? So it's like. Yeah. For, for the price and what you're getting, um, you know, this definitely, like, I don't mind it, but it de definitely doesn't trump something like a, like a rare breed. Um, I like it, but I feel like, again, I feel like it's just like the solid expected profile of, yeah. I like the, I do like, I do like the, um, like I said, the spice on the back end. Um, it's kind of like just sitting there now and it's, it's nice. And I enjoy that in a, in a good pour, but yeah. Yeah, I, I do enjoy how you can tell those kind of those few high rye mash bills are really sticking out and making their their presence known on the palate itself. Um, and, you know, I do enjoy it. I, I So basically, I'm trying to think of, you know, I, I didn't particularly care for the nose. I do like the palate. The price is pretty fair. But what do you give it? And plus it's available too, at least around me. That's, I always yeah. base my scores on availability. If I can't yeah. find it, I'm not going to give it a high score. Um, but I think for me, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at low eights, I think. Yeah. I, I think I'm looking at first. I wanted to say like a seven, eight or seven, nine, but no, I think I'm thinking like an eight, two. I'm See, like, I, 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 I like reverse, like we just reversed our Halloween reviews. Cause I'm like, I'm sitting at like a seven, 7.5, like <clears throat> smack dab in the middle. I feel like this is one of those where I feel like there's so many things out there that I've had, especially I guess recently with a lot of these blends and whatnot, where when I had it, I was like, this stands out. It's like super unique to me. Like, um, I just got like the Penelope batch seven and yeah, yeah I get yeah, it. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, you know, it's MGP it's, you know, their whole angle is the four grain, um, uh, the three, three mash bills blended. But when I drink that, I'm just like, damn, like, like I said, you almost want to be more critical, but I've had batch six and batch seven. And both times I'm like, I, even before kind of getting my tasting notes together, I'm like, there's something special about this. Like there's like, I want to go back to that. I want more of that tomorrow night. Whereas this one here, I feel like it's solid and it might be one where like I get, I finish this bottle and then I get something else next time. And then maybe revisit like, a few months down, down the road. But like you said, I, I do, I do like the idea of it being readily available. And especially in today's climate with, you know, how crazy everything is, it's like, there's a lot of things that should be available that, that aren't um, like, I don't know, you even mentioned like the Elijah Craig barrel proof. Um, and yeah. that like, you don't find that here, like at all. Mm. Um, so I don't know if that's like a, um, how available it is to you. Um, it's yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it's not available, but it is available at the same time. I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of iffy as to what the availability of, of that is, but that's why that's kind of like why I, I I'm giving Selim a bit of a higher score is because if this is going to be readily available in mm -hmm. this area, I, I think that, you know, this is something that I could see myself sipping on, you know, at least weekly because mm -hmm. it's right in my alley for a, a, um, a proof point And it's, it's, it's hitting those notes that I like. The more I sip it, the more I'm getting like a more pronounced like burnt sugar almost. Yeah. Like a sugar definitely. cookie. 
And that sweetness is what I really like. And especially with a cast, a cast strength, it's, it's kind of checking off pal- uh, boxes on the palate that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, you don't, you don't buy bourbon to sniff it. You buy bourbon to drink it. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, the, the palate, it means more to me than the nose. So, you know, I, yeah, I think, I think, you know, for me personally, I think an eight, two is something that's kind of like, I, I will, I will try my best to keep this. I'm not going to kill myself to keep this on the shelf, but yeah, when I do, this will be a bottle that I think would be one of my go-tos as a semi daily. If I want something a bit, if, you know, if I had a, yeah. either a good day or a bad day, you know, it's yeah, like a, for a higher getting, You're getting that solid cask strength pour without the, um, the sacrifice of like, yeah, a lot of the, I guess, higher price stuff that's out there that people are chasing. Right. So like, I do, yeah. I do like that they created that angle and basically said like, here, here's a sleek yet like simple bottle. We want consistency. Um, you want a cask strength pour it's readily available. Um, and it can be, like you said, that thing where you're, you're sipping weekly, um, without mm-hmm. feeling guilty for, for having it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think it's just something that you can sip, it feels like, you know, I think it's, it's earns every bit of its, of its 50, $55 price point. I think it's, it's appropriate right around there. Um, I like it. I'm glad we did it. I think this is good. And I'm glad that you, cause you recommended me. Well, I think maybe you said, I think I found Stellum. You said, pick something on my page that you yeah. haven't done yet. I found Stellum. I was like, well, you know, Kale just got Stellum. So I'll try it too. So yeah. I'm glad we chose this. Um, 8.2 for me. 7.5 from you. Um, we're running at, I think we're running at right around an hour, maybe more. So um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I do have um, one more question. I had a few more questions, but they can, yeah. maybe we can do them next time you're on. I do have well, one more two, question yeah. that I wanted. Yeah. And you're definitely, yeah, we'll definitely have you back on. Um, one more question that I wanted to, I wanted to run by you. Um, and you don't have to go into detail. Maybe, an episode down the line, we can kind of revisit this and, and go into detail. Mm-hmm. Um, I love doing top fives, top five horror movies of all time. Oh, dude. I uh, already have my list prepared, <laughs> by the way. I wanted to stump you on this. Like how, so Halloween 78 is like, it, it, it's there. Um, I, I'll list them, but I don't know if I'm, this is in a particular order, but we'll go top five. Um, Exorcist. Yeah. 100% is there just like game changer. Um, if we go, like, I need to do something nightmare on Elm street. Um, number one would be the obvious, but I have a real like soft spot for number three with like dream warriors. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a, a personal attachment to the film, but like um, I, I like what they did there. And like Wes Craven had kind of like revisited. It was him kind of um, getting back involved after number one with the script. So that one's up there. Um trying to think what else uh what else i would throw throw in the mix there um definitely like people under the stairs um as like the curveball in and maybe i'm showing more like i haven't seen i haven't seen two of these movies i gotta man i gotta step my game <laughs> up i haven't seen no, two no, of I mean, these movies so many, right that it um that it goes off in like a million directions and then sequels um so where am i at here i got like i think four so the exorcist the one by west craven yeah people under the stairs and halloween 78 yeah. Um, if I'm going to go with just like throwing in something fun, I'd probably go like either like Lost Boys or Christine. Um, just like now that too, I've, I've never seen them. <laughs> Jesus. 
Yeah, you know what? Yeah, like, I I, was... It's funny because my whole list ends up being like Carpenter and um, and Wes Craven. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, <clears throat> I have always gravitated uh, towards them. But I don't know, man. I feel like it's like one of those things where um, like I, I, it's fun to do the list, but I feel like it's like almost like with my whiskey, it's like this revolving door, right? Like where, I mean, to me, like, not, like I guess like with um, The Exorcist and like Halloween 78, like those two are untouched. Um, but the other three could like be subbed in at, any day just depending on uh on on how i feel right with like especially yeah. there's like you know this whole like all like the the mo- like i always re- go back to the older stuff but there's so much good like modern horror films that that have come out that oh yeah i, I naturally go back to like the 80s and like some of the 70s but there's so much good stuff to pick from here i know you're a big hereditary fan um yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I sure am that was that was the outlier on my list so Mine, yeah. and I quickly list, I don't know if this is necessarily how the list goes, but the first five that came to mind, and I did list them. Number five, I put Salem's Lot. Yeah. Um, the scene with the vampire boy circling the window on the outside. Yeah. Nightmares for the longest time. That sticks with you. And it still does. And it still does. Um, number four is The Shining, simply because there are scenes in there that you don't think are scary, but they're freaky as hell. Yeah. And like you wouldn't think that movie is as scary as it is. Um. Plus Jack Nicholson, let's be real. Yeah, but The uh, Shining, like, like side note to interrupt, like The Shining is one of those where you, like, I think I enjoyed it when I was younger. And I mean, by younger, I mean, like, in my teens and then, like, even into my 20s. And, like, the more I revisit that film, the more, like, there's such small nuanced things that you're like, damn, this is this is really, like, weird and, and, and twisted. And like you said, like, oh. things that you never thought were scary before are suddenly are a lot more creepy and scary. Yeah, exactly. I agree 100%. And I get that a lot of the times when I rewatch horror movies in general, especially good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, The Exorcist, just, you know, the, the spider walk down the stairs is all time mm-hmm. scary moment, all time scary moment. Um, but I had a tr- I had trouble with number two and number one. Um, I didn't know how to put them. They're kind of interchangeable, but it's Hereditary and The First Conjuring. And it just happened to be two newer age horror films, but yeah. I really do think the conjuring might be for my money, the, the, be- the most, the best produced horror movie of all time. Cause mm-hmm. it comes, it, it packs punches everywhere with story to acting Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Just someone who's in every movie, but refuses to be famous. Um, <laughs> uh, jump scares, creepy buildups, um score just it, it packs everything but then hereditary we just watched it saturday night and dude i had to sleep with the lights on <laughs> <laughs> hereditary i couldn't watch the last part my, my yeah. cousin was here my brother was here at my here in my apartment i couldn't watch the last part yeah. i because i knew they were leaving after and i was going to be here by myself <laughs> and i was too scared i'm man enough to say i was too scared and i couldn't yeah. watch it so that last part, and for those who are listening, I've seen Hereditary. They know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. It's probably the scariest sequence I've ever seen. But I think and you make what a gets me. The, Sorry, go on, go on, go on. I was just quickly going to say what gets me the most, and this is something that I, you know, that again I pick up multiple times watching it because I've seen as much as Hereditary freaks me out. It is such a such a good movie such a good movie and the acting tony collette in in hereditary is might be one of the best performances in recent memory of any movie i mean seriously god i don't know how she didn't win an award for that but 
when the face she she's make oh god the face that she's making when she's cutting off her head at the end the face she's yeah. just looking at the sun just oh dude i'm getting i literally have goosebumps right now yeah like i'm looking out my door i'm like oh i hope someone's not gonna come. <laughs> um but um um yeah no that's i think i think that's all i've got here i wanted to uh I wanted to quickly get your top five and um, you know, I, I had a great time. I don't know how, what our total time is here, but this was a little bit longer than I expected to go, but I'm very happy that we did because uh, I think that uh, you and I like a lot of the same things. And I think that, um, you know, um, we share the same passion with whiskey, with film. I think this is something that, you know, we can continue, continue to discuss in further episodes. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent, man. Like, um, I almost feel guilty. Cause like, you know, I feel like we, you know, um, aside from doing a podcast, right. Like we like we're friends, we chat on a, on a regular basis. So it almost like transcends like the fact that like, we're, you know, trying to like put an, an hour podcast together. Um, and I talk way too much. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, we, we start running into, into further time, but I think because it's just like, we could, we could do this. Like I could pour three more drinks, um, and, and yeah. do it all night. Right. And, and I guess, like you said before, like it's like the, you know, you have the whiskey as kind of like the foundation to it, but then we can riff off so many things, whether it be cinema or like, like, you know, doing music with like Eric yesterday, it's just so easy yeah. to, uh, to kind of get lost in it. Right. But, but it's a good time. So thank you for doing this, man. Yeah, no problem. And by the way, when we say Eric, we mean, uh, uh Eric, who's whiskey mutant Yeah, whiskey mutant um, on Instagram. Um, um, uh, you guys did a live yesterday, which was fantastic. I joined it. I liked it. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, but before we head off, is there anything, you know, obviously plug your Instagram, plug anything you want to, you, you know, um, let the people know that what you're doing um, uh, coming up here. Um, you know what? Like as of right now, it's uh, I'm, I'm just like relishing in, in spooky season and uh, and doing my thing. <clears throat> um if, if you're not familiar with my account and, you know, you are into horror, you're not sure about horror, um, or just like a, like a good movie, then, then check out the account. Um, I'm trying to have fun with it. And I think at the end of the day, um, if you look at my comment section, like 90% of the time, it's about nostalgia in movies. It's not about the whiskey. I mean, I love the whiskey and like, um, you know, it's enjoyed and there's some conversations with friends, but I think that's what I'm trying to bring to the table, right? Is just like, you know, um, yeah, I'm showcasing what I'm drinking in certain bottles, but at the end of the day, I want to like do this. I want to deep dive down memory lane with you to like the first time you watched a movie. And for me, like, you know, reading the comments and people talking about like, oh shit. Yeah. Like when the first time I saw the spider walk down the stairs in the exorcist that yeah. fucked me up. <laughs> and I'm like, that's exactly what I want out of like my account. Right. So it's just to have some fun with yeah. it. Um, if I recommend a, a decent whiskey and that's like the byproduct of what I do, then been cool but otherwise yeah i mean like uh it's nice like i said like uh it's the first time doing doing this so i'm just looking forward to maybe putting myself out there a little bit more jumping into podcasts and by that i mean like set me up with a number two and three uh, and then the next couple of months <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no man i and i'm you know without without getting into too much man i'm so happy that i found you you know we connected on instagram um one of my favorite, one of my favorite accounts on Instagram, seriously, like whenever I first log on Instagram, if you make a post, you're the first one that comes up. Cause I usually am like scrolling through your page. I'm like, and I love these, oh, thanks, I love these pairings. I think it's totally unique. 
I love it. That's what this podcast is about. You know, I love whiskey. I'm very passionate about whiskey, but it's, it was, I, I started this to expand my knowledge on whiskey and to connect myself with like-minded people. Mm. You are like in, in essence, and so is Daryl, uh, whiskey Sith. Um, everyone else I've talked to Chris from knows your bourbon. We did an interview and Karthik and Matt over at phenomenal spirits. The interviews I've done so far, are people that I've, I have personally reached out to and say, Hey, I'd love to have you on the podcast because there's just a connection there. And for you in particular with, with the connection to cinema, to movies, to horror and, and to whiskey, I it instantly, um, you know, um, drew me in. And, um, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we got to do this, this podcast We're, we'll do it again. And, you know, Definitely. this, this will be something that, you know, we'll, we'll do on a, I don't know how long of a basis, dude. I, 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 um, we need, a, we need I at least a Christmas by, special. We'll do something. We'll do something. <laughs> I, I fly by the seat of my pants when I come to this podcast. So I don't know even what I'm doing next week. Um, but, um, with that being said, whiskey at whiskey morgue, W it's whiskey, W H I S K E Y M O R G U E at whiskey morgue, go follow them. You will not regret it. Um, but that's going to do it here for the pat for the podcast this week, you guys. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to support me, uh, at Who Gives a Dram is uh, my Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Go like and subscribe on all audio platforms. Go um, like and comment on YouTube. Do the whole nine yards. Visit the Grapevine Media. Um, next week is episode fifty, huge milestone. Yeah. Um, so make sure you tune into that and. Um, as always, my buddy Nick Boss is going to play me out. So, you guys, uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode. And Whiskey Morgue, thank you for, t- for uh, joining us. And until thank next you, week, whiskey is the water of life. So let's start living. Cheers. My hands are tired of paying my bills. I'm staring at a bottle, I'm aiming to kill. Weeks passing by and the seasons to change And I'm playing my song, trying to make me a name People say as they walk out the bar The kids gone places, maybe even a star They don't play country down in Nashville today Just the same chord progression With nothing to say What happened to country? Three chords and the truth And who's gonna step up Fill their big shoes Writing songs about outlaws Singing all night And songs that'll make A grown man cry They use auto-tune now down on Music Row Cause true country died there a long time ago No, they don't play Waylon 
on the boulevard but they'll do anything to be rock stars what happened to country three chords and the truth and who's gonna step up and fill their big shoes writing songs about our loss singing all night and songs that'll make a grown man cry hope for us yet cause there's millions of people who cannot forget the way Johnny Cash brought a tear to their eyes or how Marty Robbins painted Texas skies what happened to country the cards and the truth and who's gonna step up and fill their big shoes writing songs about outlaws Singing all night and songs that'll make a grown man cry. A grown man cry. A grown man cry. I won't let country die.